Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Read It Weep. We are the show about the worst books, movies, TV shows, books again. Uh, this week, we are finishing up. This is the second episode on Sarah Palin's Going Rogue. Oh, we are so donezo with her. So done. <laughs> donezo indeed. So uh, we're doing the second half of the book today. Uh, you can... I wouldn't recommend it, but if you do want to read along, you can get the audiobook from Audible, and you can get it for free because you like us at audiblepodcast.com slash readitandweep, all one word at the end there. Uh, if you go there, they'll give you a free audiobook. You can use it for this or for a good book. It's up to you, and we would appreciate that. Joining me today on tonight's show while we talk about this book, I have a couple of friends. Uh, first, he's so choked up with American Pride, the rest of this podcast is just going to be a blur to him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. I have a speech in front of me, but I'm not going to tell you that speech. I'm going to talk about America. <laughs> nice to meet you. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, also joining us tonight, he wrote a speech just for this very event, but we're not going to let him read it. It's Ezra. Ah? Oh, no. <laughs> and my family can't even stand with me. <laughs> no. I get, get him, him out of here. Get him out of here. And lastly, it's me. I've been at, asked a lot recently where I'm going next. Well, God doesn't help parked cars, so I guess I'm going to be uh, writing books and talking about my book. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alex. <laughs> hey, hey Alex. Alex. I would also like to point out that there are several jobs locally and nationally that I've not resigned from yet, so have some <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, we're talking about uh, going rogue tonight. Uh, before we get into the book too much, before we get tempted to bash it, we like to start with a compliment sandwich. Today, Ezra is starting the compliment sandwich. Uh, what is one thing you have that is nice to say about this book, Ezra? Oh, it, it's really very simple. I realized that this actually, this book was just meant as a warning for a very current issue that people don't really know about, and that is how evil Katie Couric is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the entire second half of the book is really just warning us about the evils of Katie Couric before it's too late. And I thank <laughs> Sarah Palin for this very, very convenient truth. <laughs> when she was talking about uh, how scary Katie Couric was, she was like, she had the one interview with Katie Couric planned, and then there kept being other ones that she didn't know were going to happen. And so she would just like open a door and Katie Kirk would be standing there with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I need a softer yeah. interview than Katie Kirk. Quick. <laughs> Al Roker, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about the weather. <laughs> I want one of the puppets from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhoods to interview me. That's the only <laughs> chance I have of getting a good interview off. Uh. <laughs> All right, my compliment, I'm I'm second tonight. So this isn't so much a compliment for Sarah as it is for the producers of Saturday Night Live, but there is the section where she's about to go on Saturday Night Live, and they have, they like send her a sketch, which of course is too offensive, and so they send back a counter offer in sketch, and then, um, so my compliment is twofold. First, to the producers for not accepting her sketch. And, oh God! Yeah, it sounded awful. Yeah, that's, that's not. You do understand this is a comedy show, right? Not <laughs> for you to read your talking points. And then my second and second fold, uh, it reminded me just how hard it is to write sketch comedy that's funny. So, <laughs> SNL for still trying. That was a that was a good moment also, uh, where Sarah Palin did the impression of Tina Fey's impression of her. <laughs> <laughs> my mind almost broke there. <laughs> On the actual episode of the show, right? Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, no, but also when she was describing oh, no, like, the incident. Yeah. Right? She was, so she 
she talked about the quote that would define her that Tina Fey had done, which was an impression of her, and which she just read to us on the audiobook. Oh. <laughs> it's a comedy vortex, if I've ever heard yeah, of it. Right. I, actually, the one, I do love the idea that you go through your life being told you look like a celebrity, and then all of a sudden you accidentally eclipse them, eclipse them in celebrities. So everyone's telling them that they look like you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. her dumb politics aside, that is kind of a neat thing to have happened. <laughs> True. I can't. I can't wait to get really, really famous. So everyone's telling Matt Damon he has to do impressions of me. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Alex. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> there is some canniness. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's uncanny. There's no canniness here. Chris, what do you have? So my comment is about just, uh, just how, uh, how the perks of running for major national office are described. Uh, in this book, <laughs> you mean the wardrobe that just showed up that already fit? <laughs> no, well, that's that's awesome, but that was kind of expected. You know, oh. we've already heard that in in the vlogs and the vlogs, you know, out there. Yeah, I said vlog, but I might um, cut it out because it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of like the JJ, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a little gross. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a, a Russian name. It's like vlog the implogger. Dot blogspot dot com. Yeah, no. Well, when she first starts running, you know, they give her this whole like the RNC gives her a staff, and one of the people that she gets is called Bexy, <laughs> and Bexy is from Texas, ah. and Bexy's whole thing is that she doesn't care if you accidentally call her Betsy, and she will fold all of your T-shirts. <laughs> now, this is my dream. This is all I want. Is somebody who's there smiling, doesn't care what I call her, she'll fold my T-shirts. <laughs> It's kind of like a really, really tame version of like, you know, like a sexual fantasy where it's like, yeah. it's like you can call me anything you want, even like a, a name that sounds like my name, but isn't exactly <laughs> my name. Two, word, two letters <laughs> off. That's fine. <laughs> Guys, uh, since we already summarized this book pretty well last week, I'd like to... I, I put out the call again on Facebook at facebook.com slash readitandweep and asked people to give us 10-word summaries of Going Rogue, and I've selected three of them. So here you are. The first one is from Caitlin, and Caitlin says, I can see bullshit from my house. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin only using 60% of her allotted words, which is fire. Uh, we also had one from – and then we had one from Stephen – Sarah Palin misinterprets all of American history for your enjoyment. <laughs> uh, using his full 100%, which I admire. Yeah, well done. But then Andy corrected Stephen to say this, Sarah Palin misinterprets all of American history for your rage. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, so those are our 10-word summaries, and so now you know exactly what happens. You understand the whole plot of this book. So... On with the show. I want to fly into your airspace. Mrs. Payland. I want to rear my little head. Mrs. Payland. Oh god, this was even worse than the first half of the book, guys. This was even worse. It was I so agree. Bad. As you led me to believe this was gonna be more fun, but I thought this if you're me, it is more fun. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, you are terrible. Well, no, because I I saw this as sort of like you know I I watch I used to watch Heroes and so I felt like you know the first one was like Volume One 
Origins, and then this was Volume 2, Villains, which is kind of fun. <laughs> you know, it's just all the people who, who she hates, and uh, just her getting, like, you know, kicked around, but her trying to, like, make herself seem like somehow this is all for the best, and she was perfect in, you know, every single adversity. And I really like that that interplay. I like that tug of war with herself. For a while, like, the first part of this half was, like, her on the campaign trail getting constantly stifled. Yeah. And I did enjoy that part because it was, like, the world's dumbest person trying to show the world how dumb <laughs> she is but keeps getting shut down. <laughs> like, hey, I'd like to go give a speech. No, that's not such a good idea. It's not sir. a good idea. <laughs> I want to get back to her blaming every single person that she's ever met who had an opinion about it. I mean, this is like Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. He was. <laughs> she even blames the falafel lady in downtown Juneau. Yeah, she did mention the falafel lady. <laughs> she's like, and they interviewed the falafel lady who said something bad about me. And just like, yeah. what do you mean? Falafel lady doesn't know. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> Surely there she are knows some that people. you don't like her tzatziki sauce. I, mean, <laughs> I think what Palin's trying to say, though, is that, that a lot of people contribute to her downfall, and we owe it to ourselves to thank every single one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> if we go back and we reverse this whole thing. This is a list of who to send Christmas cards to. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Katie Couric. <laughs> Top of the list. <laughs> So, I mean, there's this big section. Um, but then she talks about media pundits, you know, like she hates Katie Couric. And I believe this is the first time that Elizabeth Hasselbeck of The View has been called bold and talented. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one of those first times when she was talking about Kid Rock. She mentioned that her his ideas were well-reasoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you heard the song Cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> That is poignant. I really like the way he transitioned from ball with the ball to the bang-a-dang diggy. That was a really key logic <laughs> step that I've always liked about him. You know, and that means that he won't put up with, uh, you know, business as usual politics. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Kid Rock, welcome to the big tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was really sad when they're talking about the celebrities yeah, that yeah. Uh, the GOP is able to, to wrangle. You know, like the Dems have like, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, and like uh, Kanye and everybody, everybody ever. And they're left with uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. And yeah, when, when Kid Rock is headlining your party, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't they get like Charles Bronson or somebody? Um, like, uh... Mike Ditka, I think, was another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the great Mike Ditka has come out to really rile the crowd up. <laughs> the other side has Oprah. Yeah, you're going down. <laughs> For this next segment, our hosts invited on their good friend, Carl from Alaska. Now, if you would like to hear the longer version of this interview, please go to read-weep.com and click on bonus. Maybe it's just the audio, but I feel like, Carl, there's some extra Alaska in your voice. Do you guys hear that too? <laughs> More Alaska than usual. Well, you yeah. know. Can you hear me wink? 
<laughs> you know, maybe it's the icicles on your eyelashes, but I totally can. The glimmer in the sunlight. I'm told it's very, very suave. So, so we've we've brought you on to ask you some questions based on what we know of Alaska, because obviously we didn't know anything before Sarah Palin came on the scene, and she's taught us many, many things. So we're gonna just confirm or sort of get specifics on things that she told us about before. So this isn't so much an Alaska question as a personal question, but Carl, boxers or briefs? Or are you, in fact, going rogue right now? Um, <laughs> one, one's ability to go rogue really does depend on the weather. I, I would say boxers, although I have discovered the boxer brief for running. Oh. Excellent. So, all right. They, they have that up in Alaska? That's not just a Charlie Sheen thing? Oh, no, no. They certainly running? Have um, the running? No. no. Well, I mean, you, you run indoors <laughs> on a treadmill looking at a picture of a beautiful field. But... <laughs> and, and the boxer briefs are made out of bear fur, I should say. Carl, how many animal sausages did you eat today? Today, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ashamed to say none. Huh? Are you going in withdrawal? I mean, is, is this... <laughs> it's a little bit difficult. I found though that bacon, like methadone for heroin, is a really good method of easing the desire. When you eat bacon, do you mean Canadian bacon or American bacon? Oh, um, oddly enough, American bacon. Huh? Mm. Yeah, it's cheaper. Is that like a delicacy up there? <laughs> well, you know, food in itself is kind of a rarity. So it's... <laughs> Carl, how many pipelines are currently running through your house? My house, only one. The neighbors have two, but it's a newer house. Mine was built back in the 70s. <laughs> and uh, does that pipeline have to share getting sewage out and bringing oil and natural gas in? Clean, green natural gas. Yes. Uh, kind. We're not actually sure what's in the pipes, honestly. You know, they just kind of bring it down south, and then we pay double what it costs to get it back up here. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, Carl, how much higher would you rate oil and gas pipelines than, say, breathing? Um, can I go 11? <laughs> <laughs> Carl, how much more rugged are you than the average American? I did say at least one order of magnitude, but I'm pretty far south in Alaska. The people farther up would be even higher. <laughs> so, like, what does that mean? Does that mean, like, your leather, like, you could shave with a Bowie knife? Like, your leathery skin could just, you know, handle that? Or oh, yeah. that you can, like, flip over in your snow machine and you'll be fine because, you know, that's just, you're rugged? Have, have you seen that awful Axe uh, body spray commercial where the guy's doing the, uh, the loop-de-loo in his dirt bike and then he sprays the stuff on? Mm. We do that, too, in the snow machines while shaving with the Bowie knife and making love to bears. Wow. <laughs> that is rugged. Wow. Also, if you turn the Bowie knife over and kind of scrape it really quickly across your cheek, you can start a fire, which is really important. That's <laughs> <laughs> <sounds> very useful. <laughs> Sarah does spend a lot of time talking about snow machines, sort of an incredible amount of time. I was wondering if, if you, because you're obviously a, a younger Alaskan, at what age did you get your first snow machine, and at what age did you get your first truck to carry your snow machines around? Um, unfortunately, it doesn't happen at the same time, so you're right, it is a, a little bit difficult. The <laughs> first year's permanent fund dividend for every newborn automatically goes to a brand new Polaris, and so you basically leave the hospital with it, but the truck doesn't <laughs> until you're five. Uh, they want you to have some amount of experience with it. So usually you have to use one of your parents' trucks to get it out there. <laughs> I like the phrase, use one of your parents' trucks. Yeah, one of well, the you know, many. Everyone's, you know, for that. Wow. Carl, uh, I know that there's not a lot of people in the, the, some of the small towns in Alaska. So I was wondering, how bad do you feel about coming in second place to Sarah in the Wasilla beauty pageant? <laughs> I'll admit that that was a bit of a dark time in my life, but I, I feel like the the flute playing really put her over the top. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all I had was those, yeah, those little cups where you could kind of that kind of a thing. 
it, it just didn't hold a candle to her performance. So really, I think she, that that one she did deserve. <laughs> <clears throat> Next question, <clears throat> Carlos. Is there anything? Um, is there anything you want to let uh, you know us in, in in the outside, the lower forty-eight, know uh, before um, before we end this? Is, is there anything that you, any misconception you want to clear up about about your your brethren, your um, Great land. It might be worth mentioning that Alaska actually seceded in 1977 and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> For every dollar of uh, federal tax we pay in, I think we get you know two point something back out. So don't spread that around too much. We're pretty happy with the status quo. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I guess what I wanted to know, Carl, was that uh, so obviously we are enlightened human beings who are making fun of Sarah Palin. But uh, you fell into this so quickly without having read Sarah Palin that it makes me suspect that you get a lot of this shit from people for real. Um, a fair amount, yeah. Um, you know, it used to be when you went to Europe that you know, our, our being, you know, American, not just Alaskan, public image was so bad that you had to say you were from Canada or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing you could do instead was say, no, no, I'm from Alaska. And people go, ooh, big frozen north, and it'd be mysterious, and they would love you, even though we're beating the shit out of small countries in Mesopotamia. Now it's a complete 180. You cannot say you're from Alaska. You have to say you're from America or Canada. Wait, and, and do you blame that entirely on, on Palin? Has she actually done that much to ha- damage your self-image? Yeah, it's just straight out of the box. You know, During the time that she was in the public spotlight, it just completely went to hell. Wow. It's actually, to be honest, kind of annoying. You know, you've got your – everyone has their conservative relatives down south, and as soon as you got there during the uh, uh, election period, they would say, so So, what do you think about Sarah, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to find a, a polite way of, you know, saying that she's full of shit. What are you people thinking? <laughs> wait, wait, blaming us for it? <laughs> Not you three specifically, just, you know, everyone in general who was thinking that she was actually even remotely qualified to lead anything bigger than the city of Wasilla. <laughs> so that includes Alaska and everyone who voted for her as governor. Whoops. Part of the thing that you have to remember, when she came in as governor, she was replacing somebody who was, in a different way, just as bad as she was. <laughs> wow. So she wow. was a lot like Obama in that she was the young, new, yes, we can change who was going to root out all of the corruption in the government. And, and Replace it with more corruption. corruption. Yeah. Replace it with different corruption. Right, different corruption with an updo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and a little wink and a smirk and some beautiful Japanese sunglasses. Just, <laughs> right. That's all I want out of my corruption. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything else? Because that's my list. Oh, that's good. my list. I like you, Carl. I, I hope you're doing Thank well. you, Chris. You're a fabulous person. I hope your shoes are bright. <laughs> oh, yeah, they <laughs> They continue to be, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. I'd be sad if they weren't. Uh, yeah, I, I also like you, and I'm, I'm glad you could come out and join us today. It was fun. So, guys, um, we're done with Palin now, as far as we know. Oh, I'm there, so done. Yeah. Uh, as, as should the world be, but there's a, a small looming threat that she might run for for 2012. Oh, I'm sure. She, I mean, she's running for 2012 right now. That's what that's what we just read. That's my opinion. She's already starting to go rogue. Running, mm-hmm. running might be an exaggeration. She is tripping. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's falling downstairs for 2012. Towards 2012, sure. Okay, I was never really gonna vote for her, you know, because I was never gonna vote for McCain. So I'm curious, right? What kind of running mate would she need in order for me to vote for her? Barack Obama. 
I mean, I'm assuming, in fact, had if they had traded, if there was like, if if vice presidential nominees was like a white elephant gift exchange, <laughs> you just swap. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I've only swapped once, right? Okay, we gotta switch now. And they and she trade they'd traded. I think McCain Biden probably would have won. Yeah. I think she was enough to have sunk. I, I I'm guessing here, but I think she would have sunk Obama's ticket. Cause that, I think it's a, it would be a ballsy move for Obama to say, look. It's not Palin is not the problem, right? I will take Palin on, and I'll still beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fight this with one hand tied behind my back. Not the arena where you usually see that kind of ballsiness, but I would have liked it. Yeah. But also, McCain Biden would have the the old man white vote, you know, solidly <laughs> yeah, in their pocket, true. right? Yeah, but minorities and women. I mean, well, you know what it would be? It would be like if I elect these two guys, I know exactly how the government is going to destroy the world. But with this other pair. Fuck, it could be anything. <laughs> There's so many ways they could run away. Yeah. So this ended up becoming a bonus from last week's episode, but I have more fact-checking. Oh. It is time for the return of fact-check Sarah Palin. And I'll, as a slight <laughs> spoiler, this one's better. <laughs> oh, I got better stuff right. this time, so I think you guys are going to like this. First of all, when she's talking about how much she hates Obama's policies for everything, at one point she says, quote, there are only three ways for the government to get more money. Borrow it, print it, or tax it. Now, as I'm sure you guys instantly recognize, there are clearly more ways for the government to get money. Steal it. Steal it, sure. Finding it under a park bench and just assuming it was a drug deal that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Sell something to other people that they think is more valuable than you do. Uh, Alaska, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are clearly a large number of ways to get more money. Uh, invest it using your insider knowledge and turning it into a fortune. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, time travel. Yeah, time travel, time travel betting on sports. Exactly. <laughs> okay, corporate sponsorships. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm going to say uh, Frito Lay presents the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> I love the corporate sponsor on the map. Florida, obey your thirst. <laughs> exactly. So there are clearly – she's clearly missing that. That Clearly un, an unfactual statement there. Prostitution. Do we say prostitution yet? <laughs> I don't think we mentioned that yet. Absolutely. Prostitute America out. Who would like to fuck America? Everybody <laughs> in the Middle East? Oh, my God. They would pay for that, and we'd still get money from it. It would be so good. <laughs> We'll just find had to find the you know a, a hole somewhere in America. Oh, Grand Canyon, great, also solved. <laughs> um, so okay, so so the judges, uh, um, are we right on that one? That is completely an unfactual statement. Yeah, myth busted. Myth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because uh, of fucking the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we have busted this myth. Next one, Jamie. All right. So when she's defending herself against the uh, frivolous ethics complaints. Uh, she mentions uh, – one of the accusations is that she always took her family on trips using state funds uh, when she shouldn't have, and um, which, you know, no wrongdoing was convicted. In the, anyway, so anyway, but she's talking about it, and she says uh, that her and Piper were on the – were using the prison transport jet and uh, and that it was going to be flying anyway. So she says Piper wasn't displacing anybody, just 40 pounds of air. Now – as I'm sure both of you noticed right away, because you're physics guys, 40 pounds of air is a lot of air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's You don't displace weight, you displace volume. So mm-hmm. um, 
and if you do the if you do the math on it, forty pounds of air is actually equal to almost a thousand cubic feet. <laughs> According to Mrs. Palin, Piper displaced almost the entire cabin of that air, airplane. She's got to cut back on caribou burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, are you saying that 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 she is like a a plane shaped balloon? That's what that's what Palin's child is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one of my favorite inane Sarah Palin prose moments uh, happens when she's talking about how after being governor she's leaving. But she's still not going to give up on on uh, public service and trying to affect change in the world. She says, "We've all got megaphones. They just come in different shapes and sizes, and it's it's how you use your megaphone that really counts." Now, here she's using megaphones metaphorically, but it was really confusing to me because I saw a lot of pictures of her in the press with a megaphone in real life. <laughs> and so I really wa- – I was confused. I thought it was going to be like, we've all got megaphones. Mine is the Sony brand. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, you know how I have this uh, – you know, you know how I have the music version of uh, some audiobooks? Um, yeah, you have the premium Audible account that gives you the special versions. I remember yeah, that. Uh, so this one didn't have music. I, I don't really know what I did, but this one seemed to be actually censored in some parts. It was really weird. Oh, oh right. interesting. Yeah, yeah well, so you want to play... Yeah, yeah, let's check this out. It was I mean, crazy stuff. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. As a lifelong I crave in the outdoors and pounding the hard enough to make my thighs hurt and my burn. Coming from the grand sparkling mountains of the north, I was inspired and energized every time I outside. I repeatedly requested that headquarters carve out some time so I could just half an hour would do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I think it's about time we do another compliment and then get uh, shuffling along. All right. Sweet. All right. So, uh, Chris, I guess that makes you up first tonight. Oh, God. Uh, It's over? (laughs) Um, You know, I think my favorite portion, or I guess my favorite aspect of this book is really, you know, kind of the uh, Greek tragedian trajectory that this this whole arc takes. Because she starts out saying how much she hates politics. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate politics. I hate. Okay, I'm gonna go into politics and 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 fix it. So that way, there's no politics. It's just public service. Okay. So she does the Wasilla thing, and then she does the governor thing, then the VP thing, then back to governor thing. You know, and people treat her differently, and she doesn't understand why, which is another one of these great puppy dog moments. But then she quits that too, and leaves us with an hour of her talking about her political planks and why you should be a common sense conservative. Mm-hmm. So. It, it, you know, she starts out hating something and saying, I'm never going to do that, just like Oedipus being like, I'm never going to kill my dad. And all of a sudden, you know, she fucked her mom and now she has no eyes. By the end. <laughs> so That's true. At, the, at this point in the book, she really has become everything she hates. Yeah. Which is funny because she's become everything I hate. We have something in common. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just enjoyed it. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but, you know. I think that the story of Sarah Palin is uh, more complicated or, I guess, more layered than she herself gave herself credit for. (laughs) 
Well, the McCain campaign didn't tell her how layered her life was yet, so she doesn't, really <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> All right, so for my last compliment of Sarah Palin and of this book and of this show. All right, so this one isn't so much a compliment of Sarah as so much as it is a compliment of God. <laughs> uh, so while waiting to hear about the results of the presidential election, she says, uh, I think to one of her kids, it's not votes that decide the election, but God's will. Um, which, first of all, is a pretty bad mis- misunderstanding of the Electoral College. But anyway, yeah. um, oh my God. <laughs> I want to compliment God for uh, you know making the right call and not letting her have national office. Because that's what we have to conclude. If, if what yeah. she says about God is true, God does not think she would be as good of a president as Obama. There you go. <laughs> it's done. It's settled. Awesome. Okay, to end the show, I, I, I like... If this is a normal hero story, right, she'd be going off into the sunset. The way that she ends it, I think, reflects very well how she thinks of herself um, and maybe, you know, the the role she has to play. Because I feel like she doesn't really go off into the sun so much as she goes off into uh, purgatory, which is, of course, known by its other name, uh, Michigan. <laughs> she rides off into Michigan. She rides off into Michigan. You know, that that's 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 how she thinks she deserves the world, right? She's like, you know, I know I'm not great. I'm going to go to Michigan, because that's what I deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, on on this, the 23rd anniversary of the start of our podcast. I guess not anniversary, episode. Epiversity? Yeah. Yeah, Epiversary. The 23rd episiversary of our birth as a podcast. We have now completed yet another book. We can cross off Sarah Palin off our list. Our 12th book. It's our 12th. Book. If you count movies as books and TV shows, yeah, yes. <laughs> wow, we're doing great, guys. <laughs> we're gonna be back next week. We got a special weird thing coming up. There, uh, it turns out Disney Channel made a, a made-for-TV movie a couple years ago called "Read It and Weep," which is the the reason why our website is read-weep.com and not readandweep.com. It should be it's because Disney fuckers anyway so uh it 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 seems like uh, this is a good time in our history to take it to take a week and settle down and see uh what we're named after so for next week we're going to be watching our namesake disney channel read and weep it would be totally wrong of me to encourage you to go find this movie on BitTorrent and download it illegally and watch it so i will not tell you to do that very good alex i I admire your fortitude (laughs) (laughs) i'm so tempted but i will not tell you to use a a small light program like utorrent to do that uh and then (laughs) iso hunt to find it uh so we'll be back next week with that so chris and ezra thanks for joining me yeah oh quite a pleasure All right, everybody, take care. Have a good week. Goodbye. Send us email. It's podcasts at read-weep.com. Woo!